Welcome, welcome to the Uninformed Gamers Podcast. It's me, I'm back. It's Rad Dreams from Rad Dreams Review. I am finally a functioning adult in the real world and back from my injury. I don't know if my two other hosts mentioned that in the previous podcast, but I am joined by Chris, aka I Chameleon I, as well as Devin, aka Darkness Tiger, and I will ship it to them and allow them to introduce them like they need it. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. All right. Yeah, like you said, uh, I'm Chris or Chameleon. Um, it's good to be back. Um, I've been having a time, man. It's been a time. It's been a time to be alive. Go ahead, Dem. And as you guys all know, I am Devin, also known as Darkness Tiger, the person who apparently does not take any breaks and or days off. I am the only person who has been able wow. to make it through every single episode without a day off. Shots Shot, fired. Shots fired. And I'm even on vacation, so right after I do this podcast, I'm going to go take a couple shots. So anyway, <laughs> hey, as that, is your as is your right, Devin. As is my right. But I'm starting to develop some um, nicknames because uh, Rad James Review, also known as Mason, uh, we're going to name him the person who fixes with his mic for the first 15 minutes of the podcast. <laughs> hey, 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 come on. <laughs> and Chris, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. And Chris, the person who loves to just like shoot it to somebody else real quick. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't have much to say. I mean, I'm just nope. here, you know. <laughs> I'm alive. What's really cool about uh, today's episode, guys, is uh, Devin just told us that this is the 25th episode of the Uninformed Gamers podcast. Yay! Put an applause soundtrack right here. We don't have an some... applause soundtrack, but... <laughs> we need some, like, Viva yeah. Pinata music going I know, or, or put, put in that, like, victory music from Final Fantasy. The... <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll actually edit the podcast to actually do, like... Uh, a video game winning uh, soundtrack, something like that. Yeah, achievement. An achievement. Because did you guys know that when it comes to first-time podcasters or podcastees, depending on how many people are doing said podcasts, generally they never make it past the fourth episode. Really? I didn't know that. I wonder why that is. I think it's because when you realize you have to do it consistently – Every time, well, we release this consistently. Every uh, every we release it on Wednesdays, six and six a.m. Eastern Standard Time every week. But when you realize you have to do that every single week, most people just bounce out. But we have mm-hmm. so much to talk about. We have oh so my much. God. Yeah, we do. Especially this week. So I want to say thank you, Chris. Thank you, Mason, for getting us to the twenty fifth podcast. Thank you, listeners, for giving us a reason to continue doing this. And thank you again for all of the positive feedback, which is weird because I have yet to hear any negative feedback. Yeah, Actually, I'll take that's, it. Hold up. That's, it's, that's a lie. I, that's a complete lie um, because I just remembered it. The negative feedback, is, it's, it's not really it negative. It was for me. Well, no, no. It, it's actually not about any one single person. It's basically saying compared to our newer episodes – our first like three episodes were terrible. Oh, they were garbage. Just, it was it was audio problems. It was audio problems. Sound quality sounded terrible. Constant dropping in and dropping out. And people really appreciate the amount of effort we've been putting in. Mm-hmm. And maybe on our twenty fifth episode, we'll put in some more effort. Maybe I'll start actually shrinking that intro song uh, <laughs> down by at least uh, two minutes. And oh my god. How no, long is it? It's not that long. It is. <laughs> no, I think I think the intro song is like twenty to thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I, I probably I feel like that's fine. I think it is fine, but I want to add words to it. Yeah, um, I want to like introduce like the uninformed gamers just in the intro itself. I I really like the idea of like a Japanese game show intro. But, oh, that'd be sick! Like, <laughs> like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning. Like, do you guys remember that old kind of Japanese um, kind of game show where it was like super goofy? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Is, the title. It uh, is it the one where they're always getting hurt? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. It wasn't Ninja Warrior. It was something. It was, it was on Spike, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget what it was called. <sighs> But 
listeners will, will know what it is and they'll know what I'm talking about. I had like two hosts that were Japanese, very eccentric, and they were just so awesome to listen to. MXC. Yes, MXC. Thank you. <laughs> That's what it was. Yes, MXC. That was such a fun show to watch. Oh, that show was hilarious. I only like I remember it because I was literally just talking about this show like two years ago with a friend. Yeah. It like, because uh, we were like, that show was awesome. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> would you, would you but, guys ever do that show? No. Uh, I get, I'd get murdered. If I was paid, maybe. Yeah, well, you no, have no. to pay me. Not well. What, how much would it take for you to be paid to do those kind of challenges? I don't know, like maybe five hundred bucks, maybe a thousand. Man, you are a cheap date, Mason. Hey, I, I, mean, I, get, I, would get expo- I would get exposure on TV. I mean, hey, why not? Maybe break your neck. You never know. <laughs> I'm actually probably with him, though. I, I mean, yeah, to get some TV exposure and makes a little bit of money on the side, like I don't know. Okay it, it. It, it seems like just something that would just be a whole lot of fun to try. Yeah, I would yeah. do it for free. Mm-hmm. The only game show I would want to do for free is the Ninja Warrior, but I, I would have to train for that shit. Oh, absolutely. You for just sure. hop in like, right now and do Ninja Warrior. Oh, dude, I, I, I would die in a heartbeat if I went in there right now, especially <laughs> with me like recovering from my injury. Like, you make for it, sure. You make it one step and your back goes out. Oh, yeah. It would be, it would be brutal. I'd be, I'd be like Batman getting his back broken by freaking Bane, just like, ah! But do you guys think that you guys could survive the first round of American Ninja Warrior? Oh, because no. I think about this all the time, or Ninja Warrior, not doesn't have to be the American one. I yeah. think about this every time I see it. Mm-hmm. I'm always just like, that first stage never seems that hard. Yeah, but when you actually do it, it's, oh, yeah. it's a completely different ball game. Absolutely. Running full speed, jumping mm-hmm. over things, and, um, leaping and climbing and running. No, I, I get like two steps in and be out of breath. From what I understand, like the, the whole process is grueling because they record the episode like all in like one thing and you have to like stay up for long periods of time and it's just crazy that's unfortunate that sucks but i will ask the question we always ask every single episode of the podcast Mm -hmm. what are you two gentlemen playing this week um yeah so me and the girlfriend actually finished uh, It Takes Two. Um, I'm unfamiliar with that. What yeah, is what that? the hell is that? You guys haven't heard about this? No, it's I like... haven't heard about this. No <clears> idea <throat> what that is. Uh, Chris, this is the Uninformed Gamers Podcast. Come on. <laughs> I, I love how you just sound like Wendy Williams. You guys haven't heard about this? <laughs> well, like, it's just, I don't know. It's pretty. It's been pretty big for like the past like month. It's been pretty big in your household. Like no 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 like just in like in the world like this this game is getting making waves. Um, all right, so it's like a it's a two player like co op game. Um, it's about a um, this these this married couple. Um, they're essentially about to get a divorce. They have a child. Ch- child went like here's like they tell the child the ch- child's super upset about it. Um, and then Can you blame the child? A, huh. Do they blame the child for the divorce? No, no. <laughs> they um, should have. <laughs> they essentially, um, the child like cries onto her like two like little dolls, and then somehow, some way, um, the parents' souls get absorbed into the dolls, and now they have to work together. Um, being told what to do basically by the book of love <laughs> to he's trying to essentially like fix their relationship and um, get them like on the right track. Um, and it's a game all about them, like working on the relationship and um, essentially like, it's like, it's kind of like helps over Like it kind of helps gives you advice on your relationship <laughs> at the same time. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's a really good game. How do you recommend ah. it? We finished it. That's a super unique concept, actually. Yes. I just looked it up. And um, so this game came out actually April 26, 2020. Or no, not not April. March 26, 2021. Um, Yes. Thus thus far, it has sold um, over 1 million copies. 
So mm-hmm. it's a huge game. And looking at the reviews, I will say, Chris, people really do like this game. It's fantastic. It's like a platformer. It's mostly a platformer with some story, RPG yeah. story. Huh. Can I read? Um, can I read some of these reviews, or just not I, like just quick sentences? I, I would be interested in hearing it. Yeah. So this one is by someone named uh, Shayla. My new life mission is to show up on the doorstep of anyone who gives this game less than five stars <laughs> because they're clearly on drugs. This next one is by Spencer, an instant classic in my opinion, followed by um, Cameron. One of the best games I ever played had so much to offer. The levels were all completely different, and you can never guess what the next level was going to bring. Lewis says, best couch co-op game I have ever played. Wow. That's yes. uh, that's, that's, that's pretty seen. high praise for, for that game. Yeah. and a little too high praise, Mason. And just keep in mind with this game, it probably would have sold more copies, but... It did a very interesting strategy. So when one person buys the game, they send this like they send an invite to their friend and their friend gets a copy of the game for, to play as well. So, so Chris, like, where's uh, Mason and I's copy? Yeah, Chris, come on. Uh, that means I would have to play it over again. <laughs> way, to, way to leave us hanging. You have to like play it with me. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. But um. Always a yeah, catch. it. I I would definitely like Mason for you. I would recommend like if if Jackie plays any games. I don't know if she does or doesn't. No, yeah, she she likes to play games. Um, I, I would definitely recommend this for you guys. It was really good. It was a blast. I'll. Uh, what platform is it on? Everything. Oh, okay. PlayStation, Xbox. I actually played it on PS4. Okay, is it on like the PlayStation Store? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how how much did it uh did it cost you? It was thirty or forty. I'm okay. not sure. Well, so, it's not, so yeah, so it's not the typical seventy dollars of a PS5 game. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. That's it's a good range for me. Yeah, for sure. In for totality, sure. how long was it? Hmm, I'd probably say fifteen to twenty hours. Okay, pretty good. That's, yeah, that's relatively short. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. Let me let me see if there's a thing. Oh. It says ten to twelve, but oh, okay. I mean, if you like, we were doing all the mini games and stuff. It says if you're a completionist, about 15, fourteen hours. So that makes so sense. So what took you so long to finish? <laughs> there's, there's, there's like, as you're doing stuff, trying to get back into your body, there's like these uh, mini games that pop up, and you play each other in these games, and we were doing a lot of those too. Oh, random fun fact for you guys, because again, I'm looking at It Takes Two. Did you know that It Takes Two has an 8% on Tomato Meter? What does that mean? Um, yeah, what is that? They reviewed the movie, uh, and it only has 8%, meaning it's terrible. Oh. What oh, movie? they made a movie of it? No, 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 no. Uh, it Takes Two was a 1995 comedy film about the Olsen's Oh. Like, oh. Yeah. Exactly. Like, what? I, hope I hope this isn't a remake. God, no. <laughs> All right, but Mason, what, what are you doing? What are you playing on your end? (laughs) Oh, actually, I've got um, a exciting, uh, with a little bit of an asterisk uh, announcement. Um, I finally got a chance to beat uh, Pokemon Platinum on Nuzlocke. But there is a bit of an asterisk attached to that. Um, While I was recording and doing the run, I was on the final Elite Four person whose name is Cynthia and for those listening you'll know that Cynthia is one of the most unforgiving elite four members because she has a level 62 Garchomp that is an absolute beast uh his his IVs are perfect he's got 31 which is insane for uh, anybody to have and so I walk in there and while I'm playing, I'm, I'm checking my, my moves on a, a different Pokemon, and I'm, like, strategizing, right? And I accidentally switch in a half-health Pokemon that I needed <laughs> without realizing it. And so I'm like, oh, no! And so he gets switched in, instantly dies, obviously. <laughs> she, she, she one-shots. And so... 
I actually needed him to beat her. So at this point, I'm like really distraught and I'm recording. And so I'm just like, you know what? I'm down to my last guy. It was, uh, I think my last guy was like Electabuzz or some nonsense. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to max revive my Garchomp that just got killed that moment ago and see if I can actually beat her with one guy left. It was the only revive I used the entire game. You could, you could call it a mulligan. And um, <laughs> I, I beat her. But, oh, congratulations. But, so you didn't even use him. No, I, I used him after I revived him, but he was the only guy left. So I, I beat four ah. of her remaining Pokemon because I used that one revive, and it was the only revive I used the entire game. So I don't know if you guys will, will give me a pass on this one or if the viewers will give me a pass, but I don't I know. I give a pass. What, 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 I what, do, you, what do you think? I would I would have given you the pass had you not been recording it. Ah, but I, I recorded it. I put it on my YouTube channel. So if you want to watch it, go for it. It happens around the 55-minute mark. What's um, your YouTube channel? Rad Dreams Review. Okay. Uh, but yeah, if you want to check that out, I, I was quote-unquote successful. Um, so I, I'm still happy with the achievement, even though I used just one revive. Um I, I do I do think I did well because it was because of a misplay, you know? Right, um, right. And then the other game I'm playing, it's on Steam. It's called... It's got a really weird title. It's called Deedlet in Wonder Labyrinth, Record of Lodos War. And this is a video game that's based on this anime from the 90s called Record of Lodos War. You get to play as one of the main characters. Her name is Deedlet. She's a elf. And basically, it's a uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night clone, except <laughs> like anime, you know? Um, okay. But it's a really fun platformer. You're basically a elf version of uh, Alucard from Symphony of the Night. It's, uh, you know, a tried and true Metrovania style game. But um, I played roughly five to six hours of that on Steam and been having a lot of fun with that. And then I've been trying to power through Let's Go Eevee on the Nintendo Switch for my last game. I had to sell that back. I didn't like it. Yeah, I, I'm having a hard time playing it because it's just really grindy, and I don't like how it's so much different than the other Pokemon games, so I'm just having a hard time getting through it. Yeah, I had it maybe a week or maybe two, and I was just like, yeah, I'm not doing this. Yeah. And, I went and, I, and got basically all my money back <laughs> it, it's it's a bummer too because my wife uh jackie she got it for me as a as a gift and i was mm -hmm. excited at the time but then i started playing it i'm just like this is like pokemon uh a go but with extra steps yeah that's exactly what it is that's like literally what i was getting I was like, this is not not for me. Because like my biggest complaint is the EXP um, grind is not from battling; it's from catching Pokemon. So that's a bit of a bummer. Like, yeah. you, you can't battle uh, wild Pokemon to get EXP. Nope. You, have, you have to catch them, which is annoying. Silly, just a silly concept. So with that long-winded uh, explanation out of the way, Devin, what are you playing? <laughs> uh, currently, I am playing literally nothing because I did not decide to bring my Xbox Series X, put it into a book bag, and then traverse 1,500 miles from one part of the country to the other. However, I wouldn't either. Yeah, probably a good idea. However, I will say before I left, I finished up Outriders finally. I am done. Uh, I beat the game. I Let me rephrase that. I beat the main game. And once mm -hmm. I beat the main game, there's like, um, I guess, main game plus where there's still a couple things you can go back and do. And I have no desire to go back and do it. Um, I have no desire to go and make a new character and start from the beginning. I have zero desire to do that. So I'm actually going to be putting it to the back of my uh, video game catalog um, because I really need to go back to the medium, finish that up. Uh, followed by that, it's going to finish up Star Wars Squadron. Mm -hmm. And then 
after I finish up Star Wars Squadron, it's virtually good. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys. I downloaded my very first sports game on the Xbox Series X. Uh, MLB. Which one? The show. Chris is correct. MLB the show, my man. See, I was going to guess like NBA 2K. <laughs> you wow. you want to see Devin out there dunking on him? No, but I downloaded MLB the show because it was a former PlayStation exclusive, I recall correctly. And I wanted, yep. I wanted to give it a shot. I had heard, I had heard a lot about this as being a pretty good baseball game. But here was the kicker: I downloaded it, but I've never played it. Keep in mind, hold <laughs> that- on, keep in mind. I that's, downloaded it. That's a that's a pretty uh, standard thing I hear from a lot of people when they download those games. They're like, "Oh yeah, download." Oh, and I don't play it. <laughs> well, here's the thing: I downloaded it, and the second I got finished downloading, my father walked into the room, and I was just like, "This is a good idea." He was like, "What?" I says, "I'm going to start this game. I've never played a sports game, so I can't help you. Take this controller, sit down, and see how you do." And I just watched him oh. play. Do you like it? He liked it. He thought it was so much fun. Oh, good, good. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, glad I, old man liked it. That's that's yeah. like that's a really good game for someone who doesn't game. Yeah, because like sure. he likes exactly. he likes sports. I remember if I remember correctly, right? He, he, does, but he does, he does, but he doesn't like watching um, basketball, and he thinks baseball is boring. So I, I agree. Think, I, I, I agree with the statement. So I figured, okay, baseball is going to be a little bit slower of a game. You should be able to grasp the concept. And I want to give MLB some uh, shout-outs and some kudos because it's a very accessible type of game. You yeah. can easily yes. – you're going to hop in. There's multiple different, like, ways on how you can do certain things. You can pick and choose which way works best for you. So he was able to go into the settings, choose which way, which ways work best for him. He didn't win his first game. He actually lost. I think it was like seven to three, uh, which wow. is kind of a war on baseball. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, yeah, for was, sure. He was playing at the Cle- as the Cleveland Indians, so it makes sense. Of course. Of course. Of course. Uh, so the loss makes sense. But he thoroughly enjoyed it. So when I get back, I'll, I'll try my time at the shell. Um, so right now, it was just for me, it was Outriders and MLB the shell. Um, but this oh, past um- – Oh, sorry to, sorry to interrupt, uh, no Devin. I, I forgot to mention one other thing that I did um, before the recording of this podcast. It's not necessarily uh, video game related. It's uh, book related. Um, oh, I know, know what this one is. Yeah. So you know how in a previous episode we were talking about Ready Player One? Yep. Uh, so I actually, since I was like bedridden for a while... Um, I got a chance to read and finish um, Ready Player Two, which mm. is the sequel to, you know, obviously Ready Player One. And um, I got to say, um, overall, I was really disappointed in the sequel. Honestly, every time I hear anybody who's read the sequel, they've all said they've been disappointed. And that was the reason why I didn't read it myself, because it seemed kind of like a watered-down version of the original story. So I'll I'll try to keep this real brief because I want to get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast. Yeah, Um, meat and potatoes. uh, So what I will say about the sequel is that it, it felt forced. It felt contrived. It felt um, very um, like kind of like uh, Ernest Cline, the author, was kind of running through the motions, if you will, in his writing. It, it was very lazy, and I could kind of call things that he was trying to set up a mile away because he's, mm-hmm. he's trying to, you know, keep the reader in this kind of, you know, area of suspense, you know, kind of this uh, mysterious. Uh, environment, but it's just like, dude, you are not being um, mysterious at all. You are being very cliche. Like one of the things that I'll say, uh, spoilers alert ahead, is um, the main character uh, was, you know, losing. He was about to die. And I'm like thinking to myself while I'm reading, I'm like, okay, he's about to die. Um, his love interest is going to pop out of nowhere and save him. Very next page, what do you think happens? 
I'm assuming he died. <laughs> no, his love interest, Samantha, comes out of the f- uh, frickin' woodwork to save the day. And I'm just like, okay, here we go. And then um, the last thing I will say before we move on is the ending. I don't want to spoil it. Um, you know, those of you who are interested can read it for yourself. But the ending was really annoying. It was, I like to call it happy time fun bear. Mm -hmm. It was that, you know, rainbow in a field of flowers. You're having a picnic with your best buddy or your, the love of your life. You know, things are wrapped up in this nice, neat bow. It's just super happy, super joyful. And it's just sickening. It made me want to throw up. (laughs) So do you think there's going to be a ready player three? Um, I mean, it's it did well, but based on how the second novel ended, I doubt it. I do know that they are making a sequel uh, to the film in Ready Player Two. It is in production, uh, so we'll see if that is any better. I will see it in theater because I'm a glutton for punishment. Same. So, uh, but my next. But with the Ready Player One film, that was directed by Steven Spielberg. Yes, it was. And it had a budget of $175 million. Do you know how much the budget – so that was the budget, $175 million. Do you know how much the box office was for that movie? I know it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, but can you take a guess as to what it was? I'll guess $700 mil. Um, Chris, want to take a guess at what the uh, box office was for Ready Player One, the movie? Uh, 500 mil. Chris, you're a little bit closer. It brought in $582.9 million. That's still a good return. It was Very a fantastic return. return, but uh, with a budget of $175 million and, and only making that $581 mm. Um, because it was not critically acclaimed. People really no, didn't no. like it. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fine for what it was. Yeah, yeah I but mean, it, it was different than the novel, but it still was good enough. If you're like Chris and you don't read the book, the movie was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're like uh, Mason and myself, uh, the movie was just okay. It was fine for what it was as long as you turn your brain off. But yes. since we're talking about uh, films, yes, uh, specifically yes, yes, yes. Ready Player One, let's talk about one that had just come uh, out this past week. And for once, we actually all watched it roughly around the same time. That's the, it's, a, it's a miracle. I know. Seriously. <laughs> it's usually Chris who's the last one. Yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, but no, the movie this time is the remake of the very popular video game. It was a movie in the 90s. The Mortal Kombat movie it came out on HBO Max. You'll be able to see mm-hmm. it in theaters at some point. And my first initial thoughts, because I watched it twice, actually. I oh, watched, did you? I did. I watched nice. it the first time while super high. And uh, I watched it uh, dead sober, and I have thoughts. I have I have thoughts as well. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did too. Uh, Same. Out of out of, out of, out of curiosity, um, before we kind of talk about it, um, Chris, uh, just right off the rip, no explanation. What was your rating out of ten? Ooh. For me, it just kept hitting me in the feels over and over and over again. Like I was just like, I, I love Mortal Kombat. I'm so glad it's back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, I will give it. I'll give it a solid nine. I give it a solid nine. Nice, uh, ah. Devin. What about you? So I'm going to. I'm not going to be as uh, um, excited for it as Chris was because I didn't have any uh, tear moments. For me, there was a couple parts that were a little bit odd, a little bit weirdly timed. Um, overall, though, the action was action packed. Um, getting opportunity to see some of the special effects were kind of cheesy, where some were really good. I'm going to give it a seven out of ten for me. Okay. Okay. And before, I'm not going to give any explanation. Um, We'll do that in a little bit. But my base rating, uh, just right off the rip, I actually gave it a 8.5 out of 10. 
Oh, look at yeah. We're almost all even across the board. So if we take the averages, it averages out to eight. Mm-hmm. Mason, mm-hmm. I saw that you did a review. Would you mind I sharing did. us your review? I do indeed. Uh, do you want me to uh, kind of read my review, or would you rather me kind of give like a abridged version? It's entirely up to you. If you wish to read it as a formal obligation, you're more than welcome to do so. If you want to go <laughs> ahead and give a formal, feel free. I do not care. I do not mind because I'm. I, I like the way you write. So either way is fine. Do oh, your thing. Do oh, your I, thing. I appreciate that very much. Well, you know, as- <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. You are about to lose your job. Get this dance. Well, let me uh, bring up my review of it real quick. I just have to open it, and we'll be ready to rock and roll here. While, uh, while, you're, while you're pulling that up, I saw that IGN um, uh, released the box office numbers for yes. the Mortal Kombat movie. And mm-hmm. um, um, this past week, the movie Demon Slayer, the movie, which we're going to talk about um, shortly, had basically destroyed the box office with a 19.5 million domestic haul. Mortal Kombat, which again is also on HBO Max, but it's also in theaters, came in with 22.5 million, shattering the Godzilla versus Kong record. Mm -hmm. Holy crap. Which is, it's so good to hear. And from what I understand, um, a sequel is already confirmed by the director because it did so well. Yes. Um, and once you do your review, um, there was also another update from one of the actors about cool, what's cool. going to happen. So, all uh, right, well, let's let's get into it. If y'all are ready, we ready. All righty. Uh, so, you know, it, it's really impossible to speak on my review without really going over the history of Mortal Kombat itself, as well as its namesake. You know, as you guys know, Mortal Kombat originally came out in America as a fighting video game in the arcades in 1992. So I was only two years old. I think, Devin, you weren't even born. (laughs) Nope, I wasn't even a thought yet. Yeah, and parents especially, you will remember this arcade game because it spawned congressional hearings to determine whether or not free speech was protected within the realm of video games. And the big reason why there was such a frenzy over this game was that it portrayed intense and oftentimes gratuitous violence. Luckily, Mortal Kombat did come out of these hearings, the victor, but it was not met without casualties. The result of these hearings was the creation of a game rating system that was akin to the Motion Picture Association of America or the MPAA, and it was dubbed the ESRB, the Entertainment Software Ratings Board. And the rest, you know, is history. Mortal Kombat became a phenomenon, spawned several other video games, live-action movies, TV series, animated films, comics, action figures. You guys get the picture. Suffice to say, Mortal Kombat became, and still is, a massively popular franchise and with this new film i i sincerely think that simon mccade uh brought his new vision to this franchise in a flawless victory and while i was watching it you could tell that you know great care went into making sure that fan expectations were met it was truly a movie by fans for fans and with all that grittiness all that gore intact you know because after all it would truly not be mortal Kombat without fatalities and boy oh boy there were fatalities galore uh the director as well as the actors portraying these iconic characters you know they made sure to keep these signature moves phrases effects uh, well-preserved, such as Sub-Zero's freezing speciality or Scorpion's iconic, you know, get over here phrase. Uh, and that's only scratching the surface. I was actually really impressed with the action choreography, the use of environment, soundtrack, and the effects. And it was a huge, huge and welcomed upgrade from the original 1995 film and its 1997 predecessor slash sequel, Annihilation. But that's not to say the film did not have its faults. 
So overall, the plot was extremely simple and basic from a very you know critical standpoint. Uh, there was also a huge plot hole that I found while watching the film. I'm sure Devin, you saw this. Chris, you may have saw this and realized it. But why, oh why, did the antagonist Shang Tsung wait until the tenth Mortal Kombat tournament to figure out, hey, you know what? Why don't we kill off the Earth Realms heroes outside the actual tournament? Like, that seemed pretty cut and dry to me. I don't know about you guys. Like, what did you feel about that? See, that? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. That, was, that was interesting. Um, now, f- forgive me if I'm wrong here, but I thought they that <clears throat> uh, that other world, the Shang Tsung's world, um, had won... They won nine. nine tournaments. Yes, they won nine so, tournaments. So it's just like, why not just do it like you were doing it? Like, why, why, why go through this this extra hassle? Because you, you, you were doing it right nine times. Like that. That is that is a curious question. I mean, I don't know. I guess he just like he probably like from like a character's point of view, he's probably like really anxious, you know? Yeah. And he's like, I, I really need to do this. I, yeah. I, I've got to win this. I've got to win this. And so like, he's just like, what he thinks of is, yeah, yeah let's just kill him outside the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, yeah, I thought that same thing. So like, and then other than that, like the, um, the, um, the script writing actually, and the dialogue was a little, you know, less uh, desirable. Um, I will say though, I will say, from a fan perspective, I did enjoy and appreciate characters, you know, saying things like fatality or flawless victory. Like it, it, it made the uh, the feels inside of me, you know, get all nice and tingly. And, yes. And those come strictly from the video games. So if you played the games and heard that while you're watching it, you're like, oh yeah, he said the thing. And uh, if you're coming in from you know, a unfamiliar perspective and you don't know the franchise, those quips might come off as cheesy and kind of uh, contrived. Um, and then the, the last thing I kind of found issue with um, was the acting. Um, the only person that really um, did well for me was Josh Lawson. Uh, he played Kano and for me, he, he knocked it out of the park with his performance. I honestly could not ask for more. Um, just his quippiness, the comic reliefness of his character. He just really elevated the movie. But everyone else was kind of like mid-tier. Um, and then the casting of the protagonist, Cole, I felt that he wasn't really needed um, I, I didn't think he really added anything to the story. Um, I he, felt like he didn't. That was that's with my friends who are big into the Mortal Kombat realm. He mm-hmm. was the biggest confusion part. Yeah. They're just kind of like, first off, he's not for those who are not familiar with Mortal Kombat series. Cole is actually not a normal character. He's actually no. not a character you'd find in the Mortal Kombat universe. He was specifically created for this film. But he didn't really seem to have too much of a purpose outside of, um, I don't want to give a spoiler, but he really didn't have a purpose that really, yes, there was a reason he was a part of the film. And yes, there was something that happened for him being in the film. However, outside of that one little plot point, he really wasn't necessary. And I will agree because the acting itself was not good. No, it was subpar. I'm also going to disagree with you here, Mason, because when they would say flawless victory or, or Kano wins, I just rolled my eyes. I'm like, we yeah. don't, we we know we're, we're all watching the Mortal Kombat movie for a reason. We know what you're supposed to say. Yeah. No, 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 no. See, I, I that was huge with, for me. I disagree with you from a fan perspective because a hundred percent. Like I, I grew up with this franchise, and I, I was a. I just loved it when they said that because I'm just like, oh yeah. But you know, from a audience perspective, who's not familiar or you know might not appreciate it, they could view it as like kind of that eye roll. 
but he, but here's where I think they should have done it a little bit differently. If they're going to go ahead and utilize these very classic lines from the film, don't just go ahead and directly say it. Think something yeah. more along the lines of, like there was a moment where Kano literally says, Kano wins. Mm-hmm. And when this happens, Kano should have literally been like, I feel like I'm supposed to say something here. I'll figure it out later. And then, like, build up to it. Like, they should Oh, you know, yeah, that would be good and make it like a comic uh, kind of relief type thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. That that would be good, too. That would be I, I liked it as is, but that would also be very good. So and, that, that was oh, my problem because it was just too obvious. My, I, oh, sorry. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead Chris. Um, I was going to say the whole reason I didn't give it like a perfect score was because I really didn't like the protagonist. Yeah. I, I thought he was useless to the story. <laughs> he and was. like, he I was just off. like, for the longest time with watching the movie, I'm just like, who is this character? Yeah. Right. And like, I was like, I was like, all right, well, he hasn't des- de- developed any power yet. Then I see his power. I'm just like, what yeah, I have no fucking power? clue who this is. <laughs> I was so curious as to like, what exactly is his power? Because I'm like, I don't recognize this at all. Yeah, like from what I could understand, like maybe that arm. Oh, sorry. I I shouldn't go into it because people listening. Yeah, yeah. Hold off. I don't want to to spoil. So I I won't go into his perceived power. Um, But like the last thing I did find issue with was uh, Liu Kang. Um, surprisingly, because in the original 1999 film, that was one of the best things about that movie was the casting of Liu Kang. I felt that Mm -hmm. he was a huge, huge uh, part of that movie and really elevated it. Uh, This one, though, he was kind of like a bargain bin, you know, like B-list, like Liu Kang. I I just didn't, didn't... I didn't like him. He was so... I was when I was watching the movie, I had a hard time watching him mm-hmm. because I remember from the original movie. So like that guy, the guy in the new movie was ripped. He he was definitely he he was a yeah, skinny right. ripped dude. Yes, the dude in the, the other one, the original, he had a little bit. He's a little bit thicker of a build, yeah. but he was jacked, dude, he like was so absolutely bad. jacked. And like, and then like, so you compare the two of them, you're just like. Well, shit! I like the original dog. <laughs> He's like, I would take him with any, to me with any fight. Him, yeah, he he might hit like somebody like The Rock and can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did like though in this Liu Kang, the new one, that he he did his fireballs, he did the bicycle kick, yes. and then you know he did one of his uh, patented fatalities from the game. So I, I yes, I did appreciate that, and I liked that better. And um, I agree. Just the inclusion of a lot of characters' fatalities in this w- was just a, a huge, huge, you know, um, kind of icing on the cake, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did appreciate everybody's fatalities. Um, but we are going to start moving on because we have to talk yeah. about what's going to happen after Mortal Kombat. And um, in the towards the end of the film, they teased yes. a, what a sequel could potentially look like. And I believe, as Mason said, uh, they did confirm that there is going to be a sequel. Yes. And yes. there is talks uh, because one of the when this Mortal Kombat first was announced, one of the talks was there was a very uh, major character missing from the movie. Yes. Huge. A huge character. Huge yeah. character missing. And if you know anything about Mortal Kombat, um, and if you watch this film, you're going to notice who's missing too. Yep. And and that was Johnny Cage. Yeah. I was I was kind of sad that he was missing because he, he really added to the first movie as well with his comic relief and the second one. Oh yeah, he's he's awesome. I love I love hearing his lines. His, oh, yeah. He's just so cocky. Like, <laughs> like his, his fight with Goro, where he was just like, "Those are five hundred dollars sunglasses." But do you guys know why they did not include Johnny Cage in this one? No, no. They said uh, the, the reason the director gave they said is that Johnny Cage has too big of a personality, oh, and okay. that okay. You can't have him. You can't have a completely different protagonist. You can't have Kano and you can't have Cabal all in the same movie because then it it, it unba- it's not balanced anymore. Yeah, I feel I, that. 
I can understand that because uh, I, when I was watching this, I didn't expect Kano to have as big of a role as he did. No, he, didn't, no. he didn't have that big of a role in the, the old ones. He was huge. No, he was like, massive. He was he was massive to that story. Oh, I was just oh, like, yeah. whoa, very, all right. Very critical. <laughs> like, yeah. I did not see that coming. So I can totally understand. And in, like, and I'm totally fine with them him having that role because it was cool to see Kano. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, the, the one thing I, I've been hearing, too, is in the sequel, there's already talks of, you know, amongst the fans of who they would want to see as Johnny Cage. And the, the pick that I saw was kind of surprising to me personally. Um, it was uh, the WWE wrestler, the, the Miz. So uh. <laughs> I so I, I still watch wrestling here yeah. and there. And the Miz screams to me, Johnny Cage. Does he? He's just, he's just like him. Like mm-hmm. he is very like cocky. Like he has that Johnny Cage attitude, and he's he's ripped. He's a wrestler, so I mean, he he, he already has the body. <laughs> so like, and he, and he's done movies before. I I've never seen his movies. I will say yeah, that. Neither, so I neither have I. I. I honestly didn't know who he was until you told me who he was. Is <laughs> um, WWE wrestler is actually from Cleveland. I think he was born in yes. Strongsville. Oh really? Yes. That's, yes. He is a local dude. That's super but dope. If if they get um, the Miz to do um, Johnny uh, Cage. I think it'll be fine considering the Miz is not that big of an actor, so he won't no. be overshadowing anybody. Nope. Um, the Kano, but the actor who played Kano actually has a different person in mind. Oh, uh, they they, they want to re, they want to recast him? Uh, no, no, no. So the person, the actor who does Kano, says he knows who he wants to be Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah. I, oh, okay. I wonder who his pick is because I, I have a pick on on on. On, on my list, who well, I well, the, uh, the actor actually said who he wanted, and he said it's it has to be. There's only one person he can think of, and that's James Marsden, the main really? character from the Sonic movies. Really, that's surprising. He James said Marsden. Yeah. So, Chris, did you see the Sonic movie? Yeah. He was the main guy. He was that's, the oh, the cop. I don't yeah. know. I never saw the Sonic yeah. movie. Yeah, but he, he was. Oh, he, that movie was awesome. Yeah, he was the police officer. So, okay. Yeah. So how would you guys hmm. feel of James Mars then? Because I don't no. think he's no. jacked enough to be no. Johnny no. Cage. I, Hell I, no. I, I would disagree with that pick. Um, personally, for for me, he's he wouldn't be picked because he's too big of a personality and too big of a actor and wrestler, and they probably couldn't afford him. It would be John Cena. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I could, see, I could see him being Johnny Cage. <laughs> I can't. And Chris can't either. Dude, no, that would be funny as hell. I could see it. Like... <laughs> okay, so so uh, you have your actor, Mason. Chris, who was yeah. yours? Is the Miz your guy? Miz is for sure my dude. See, like, he's just, he's the first. Like even before I saw them talking about it on like Twitter. Yeah. When I saw like the the tease for Johnny Cage, I was just like, the Miz. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought about this not too long ago. I am just like, who would I, if I was director, if I was in charge of casting, who would I want to spearhead my Mortal Kombat series going forward? And there was literally only one name I kept coming back to. What's the that? Problem, the problem is this actor is, in my opinion, is too old now to play Johnny Cage. Okay. However, this actor does do their own stunts. And to me, it came down to um, Tom Cruise. Okay, I mean, I could, I could, I could see it, but I could see it. Tom, yeah. Cruise, Tom Cruise already is a big name Hollywood actor. Johnny Cage is as well. Yeah. Tom Cruise has always been involved with action movies. So is Johnny Cage. Tom Cruise does his own stunts, unlike Johnny Cage, and Tom Cruise can also fight. So I'm like, that would be an easy transition. Only problem is Tom Cruise is too old, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, he's a little too old. If it was Tom Cruise from his you know early Mission Impossible days, yes, that would be perfect. I would say 100% do it. But now he's too old. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. he he is a little too old. But I will say, um, because we definitely, we spent the entire time talking about Mortal Kombat, but there is a little bit, one more piece of Mortal Kombat news that I figured you guys would be interested in. 
the actor who played Sub Zero mm-hmm. has uh, just announced that he has signed on for four more films. Nice. Holy shit. As long as they, from what I understand, as long as the second one is as successful, if not more, they're just going to keep on pumping them out. Guaranteed. It's going to be like Fast and Furious. Oh, God. Mortal Kombat's going to go to space. It's going to be Mortal Kombat versus Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat versus hey, I, I, I'm, I'm here for it, you know? Me too. Yeah. I am all for it. I am here um, for it too. However, as if you guys are familiar with the Mortal Kombat story, and again, I don't want to give any spoilers alert, so um, the actor who played Sub-Zero will probably not be playing Sub-Zero for that much longer because... Yeah. In the original video games, and again, I don't know what's going to happen in the next movies. I do not know. In the original video games, Sub-Zero dies, and his brother becomes the new mantle of Sub-Zero. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the old Sub-Zero becomes one of my favorite characters, Noob Saibot. Yes. He is a busted. beast. He is a busted character. Snoop is- Saibot and Smoke are the two most busted <laughs> Mortal Kombat characters in history. Oh, and yeah. I'm going to them. They are so oppressive, it's not even funny. I could not stand when I, I would be playing Mortal Kombat, going through story, and I hear Noob side on my iCoin. I used Noob, Cybot, and Smoke were the only two people I ever used. Busted. Mm-hmm. See, my my my, uh, my main character that I uh, played a lot was uh, Reptile. He was he was my go-to. How did you- I love me. Some reptile. How did y'all feel about the rendition of reptile in the Mortal Kombat film? Ah, uh, I thought it was cool. It was I mean, cool, but I also I don't like it when they make reptile a actual reptile. Like I wanted him to be in his uh, ninja form. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like I just I I would have loved to see that. You know. For sure. That's just for sure. There's a I I imagine that they'll be back in the next movie because there's a they're just there's just races of them. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So and then, like, he was just like a, a throwaway character in the, in this scenario. And then since we were talking about like the box office battle with uh, Mortal Kombat and Demon Slayer the movie, I actually had a chance to see the Demon Slayer film uh, not that long ago. I, I saw it. What what was it? Um, the other day. Saturday. On uh, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday it was. Jealous. Or hold on, I got my days mixed up. It was Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, my wife had to remind me because I <laughs> these Thank these you, days Jackson. these days are just melding together and melting into just this amorphous blob. For sure, for sure. But yeah, I got a chance to see it in theater, and it was awesome to be back in the theater. Um, mm-hmm. This was uh, the second movie I saw in theater since uh, the pandemic. It's it's honestly crazy. the The three movies that I've seen in theater um, since this whole thing started were anime movies. <laughs> Like the the first one was My Hero Academia, second one was uh, Akira, and then the third one is you know Demon Slayer. Nice. So my question is, since you've been going back to the theater, how has that environment been? It's been the- fine. Um, they've been following CDC guidelines. You just have to wear a mask. You maintain you know uh, uh, six feet between you and another guest like you can't sit directly next to a stranger like if they're not in your party. Um, you, you have to like section yourself off like one seat. Um, so there's that, but other than that, like it's relatively safe. They sanitize very often. Um, they're, they're taking very strict precautions at the theater. So it's, I honestly felt fine. That's good to hear. That's really good to hear. Uh, I like I, that rule where they can't just sit directly next to you because yeah. I would prefer that just normally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how it is elsewhere, but I, I saw the movie, you know, Demon Slayer. I saw it at uh, AMC Cinemas. So I don't know if like Regal's open and, and if they do that or if like AMC's open and they do that. Yeah, for sure. For, for sure. Excuse see, me. I, yeah. see, I'm, I'm hoping because I, I just realized – um, back back in the days of Movie Pass, I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh, yeah, that disaster. Oh, it was a disaster for the company, but it was such so beneficial for me. Oh yeah, um, for sure. I would see like six films in a day because I had no <laughs> person. 
I was like, it's a Saturday. Let me go in. I'll, I'll get there at nine o'clock when it starts and I'll be there until five o'clock. And so once movie pass shut down, I went ahead and, um, I, um, switched over to the AMC movie pass. Yes. And I had that for about a year and a half. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I believe it was 20 bucks a month. You could see like three films a week and it worked out pretty well for me. And then, uh, the pandemic started and I have not seen, I have not been back to the theaters since the pandemic started. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily because of like I'm afraid of anything, because there's really just not much to watch. But overall, Mason, you you you'd like Demon Slayer? All right. Uh, so, without being too um, involved and non, I don't want to spoil anything, and I don't want to give as long of a review for this one as I did with uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, but overall, I heavily, heavily, heavily enjoyed the movie. Um, it was a animated spectacle to see, uh, the animation company at the helm, they are known as, uh, UFO table or ufotable to some, uh, they are just a rock star when it comes to animation. And that, that film was no exception. It was just, it was eye candy just watching it. And, uh, the, the only thing I will recommend to viewers, if you want to see it, is you need to, need to, need to watch the actual Demon Slayer anime series before going into this movie. Because if you don't, you will be confused. Like, it is required viewing that you watch the anime series um, because they, you know, throw you into this setting and they expect you to know these characters, know what's going on, know the history and all that jazz. Um, so keep that in mind before you watch the film. And the last thing I will say is I give it a solid nine out of 10. That is awesome to hear. I, I can't wait to actually watch it. Cause, uh, I did watch the anime, loved it. Yeah. You, you, I was... you will love this movie, Chris. You will love it. Yes. It, it was like when they explained the premise, like in one of the trailers, I was like, Oh yeah, this is going to be oh, off yeah. the hook. And, 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 and it was like I, I was so hype, and seeing it in theater was even better because there was people in the audience, and everyone was like, it, it felt almost like Avengers in a way where everyone was like hype and like, oh, oh, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah, one hundred percent. I could totally see that going going that way. Um, let's see. So, our next uh, topic. We've got um, we've got a like a game company that won an Oscar for a short film. And this took um, me by surprise. This took me by surprise too. I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> what? Uh, it didn't take me by surprise because I've always felt that video games as a form of art can really cross every boundaries because you hear about soundtracks mm -hmm. getting awards. So it was only a matter of time before one of these CGI either trailers and or cutscenes would eventually win something for storytelling and something sure did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it came from a uh, less reviewed game, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, the game in question here is medal of honor above and beyond. Um, so they made like a, like a documentary short. Yeah. Um, it was based a off of minute film. Yeah. And it was based off of, um, this lady that actually like, who's recounting her events to the people that, um, that like wrote this. Um, so it's, it's pretty awesome to see the, that barrier breakdown. I personally never thought that that would ever happen because, mm -hmm. People in the movie world are very elitist and they don't want like anyone breaking into that. I, I remember when they wouldn't let Netflix with their um, like shows and movies uh, come to like the award ceremonies because they were like, well, you're not even a real studio, like a like a movie studio because they're not a traditional movie studio. But now the Netflix is like a like a powerhouse. Um so this is actually made by um, uh, Oculus, which is owned by Facebook. Yes. So Facebook, Facebook. by correlation, <laughs> now has an, an Oscar. Which is crazy. And <laughs> what I found really cool about this whole thing is that, you know, the, the film was centered around um, this, you know, that woman, uh, Colette Marin mm -hmm. uh, Catherine, and she 
turns out, was a survivor of uh, the French Renaissance. And it kind of recounts her return to Germany for the first time since the end of World War II. And, you know, she's visiting this concentration camp where Nazis ended up killing her brother, uh, Jean-Pierre. And just the, from what I saw of the clip, she just presented this integrity and this strength in her performance and it's it really took a lot of courage for her to to do this uh, in my in my eyes and i do think it the oscar was uh well earned yeah i am i'm 100 agree with you um to have to like explain to someone like what you went through and like really like you're basically reliving it as you're telling mm. it like oh my I, that's such a hard thing to do it is um like post-traumatic stress disorder is so difficult yes yes i'm i'm glad that um they felt that the um the story deserved an oscar because mm-hmm. it was it was both well done and it was a genuine real story mm-hmm. that is heartfelt very very compelling so my question to both of you um, before we end the podcast is if a, if any video game were to be turned into a movie, what video game do you think would have the highest chance and the highest likelihood of winning an Oscar? Ooh, that's a good question. Mm. Oh, I, I think I got one. Um, just like knee jerk, knee jerk reaction. Uh, you know, um, I would say the last of us. I would, I was going to agree with that one. Chris, what about you? I'm going to go a little off the rails here, and I'm actually going to say Halo. Okay. Um, Halo's got... I could see see Halo winning for, like, visual effects or... I could see that. Sound sound uh, Soundtrack, because, yeah, those two things were great in Halo. Absolutely. And, like, I I think of it this way, like, a lot of those... um, a lot of like uh, entertainment like that, uh, it usually comes from a book. And Halo does have books. They have so many. And, yes, and if if someone could convert that to a movie, I really think they could have like a really good series going. Definitely. See the other um, video game that I think um, could potentially earn an Oscar or might even be a Best Picture. Is going to be uh, either Life is Strange or Tell Me Why. Okay. The, tell Me Why was crazy. I could see that. And I, I play. I only played the first episode mm-hmm. because I got like stuck in my backlog. But that, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think that as we're slowly going into a new age of technology as mason hinted at or mentioned previously that beforehand netflix was not taken seriously as an oscar contender contender however i think this last uh go round um um netflix had like the most nominations for their tv shows or whatever and that is something that's unheard of and now that we saw that the door has been opened for video games to win an oscar itself just with the cutscenes, just with the trailer. I think that we're, this is going to be a new trend. I think now studios, video game studios in particular, are going to be making video games with that in mind that, hey, maybe storytelling is a part that we should really focus on, put a good amount of our time in. Oh, yeah. Um, because, yes, we can go ahead and make the guns feel like this. We can make the, the running feel like this. Yeah, we can go ahead and get the musical score. But what about the storytelling? We need storytelling that once we're done, just like when we would tell people about, hey, I just saw this great book. Hey, I just uh, watched this really great movie and I related to it so much. Eventually, video games are going to say, hey, I just played this video game and it touched me in in ways in which I didn't imagine it would. And I think that's the next frontier for video gaming is going to be that storytelling that makes you feel. I, I agree with that because especially when we get into these next gen consoles that have so much more power, like they're going to be able to show the consumer and their target audience these Oscar worthy moments. 
I, I oh, yeah. 100% agree. Um, oh, yeah. But since we are above and beyond our normal yeah. time, this is this was this was uh, definitely this was a jam-packed a episode. Absolutely, but it was fun. Um, so before we go ahead and we um, sign off, um, Mason, got anything to plug? Uh, yeah, just real quick. Uh, go ahead and check me out on you know, my YouTube channel, Rad Dreams Review. As always, I, I'm there uploading content. Um, you can check me out on Twitter at you know, Mason Claysel. It's M-A-S-O-N-K-L-E-S-E-L or Twitch at uh, Rad underscore Dreams. And yeah, that's that's where you can check me out at. Chris, what about you? Got anything to plug? Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at Chameleon Games, and that's K-A-M-E-L-I-O-N Games, and that's all together. Um, right now, I am in the middle of selling my house and moving, so my schedule is too chaotic for me to stream or anything at this moment. Um, but as soon as I am in my new place, I will be back at it. All right. Well, I currently am on vacation, so I will not be gaming this week. I will be back sometime on Sunday, so you're probably going to find me online on Monday. My name is Darkness Tiger, and you can find me at the Uninformed Gamers Twitter page. And before we go, I'm going to suggest that everyone get the opportunity to go outside and be sure to stream a movie that is a Netflix original. It is by the illustrious Miss Tiffany Haddish. And the movie is called, uh, let's see, because now I've already lost it. It's called Bad Trip. It is a Netflix original. It is a comedy. It is very funny. Very, very funny. Um, And on that note, we will catch you next time. Thanks so much for joining us at the Uninformed Gamers Podcast. We will catch you next time for our 26th episode. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. Later, folks.